1: We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her, go subscribe. Hello, and welcome back. It's Snippets of Genius. I'm your hostess, Caroline K. I I am delighted today to be joined by William Aruda. William is the creative energy behind Reach Personal Branding and Career Blast TV, two groundbreaking organizations. He's also a best-selling author, a speaker, has been donned a personal branding guru, and he's here today to talk to us and inspire you to uncover your unique personal brand so you can deliver greater value to your company and most importantly, have infinitely more fun work.
0: Where I'm, I'm focusing a lot of my attention right now is how does your personal brand come through on a two-dimensional screen that acts as a scrim to dilute the humanity that we deliver when we're in person? And right, so how do we do that in a in a compelling way where we get people really excited about who we are? Knowing, by the way, that the screen that we're all communicating with people on is attached to the device that has every other thing they could be doing. The thing that I'm, I'm exploring now is is how do, how does your brand shine online?
1: William, welcome to the show.
0: Ah, Caroline, I've been looking forward to this for a long time.
1: Thank you so much. Me too. I'm delighted to have you here. When we first connected, I think I was so excited to hear you just play back to me some of the strengths you could see in my proposition, in my business. And I just thought, wow, what a treat to have you come on the show and share this your powers with others. So my first question to you, which is I've talked about some of the highlights there. I'd love to know, what do you think is your superpower?
0: You know, I think my superpower is encouragement and enthusiasm. When I'm passionate about something or when someone else is passionate about something, I, I just have endless energy to, to, to help people make things happen and, and to make them happen for myself. And I'm, I'm a really binary person that way. I'm either really passionate about it or I'm not. And when I am, I think that that's when the energy and enthusiasm and encouragement comes out.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah, I feel the same. I absolutely feed off other people's energy. And I think it's one of the reasons this is going to be a really fun conversation. I, and I know that when we spoke last time, you've talked a lot about some of the work you've been doing in personal branding. This isn't, for you, a short rodeo. You have been doing this for a while now. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in the world of personal branding.
0: Yeah, it's actually 22 years this year. And I, I got started, you know, it's an interesting thing because I worked in the corporate world and I actually loved my job. I thought I would work for the man for the rest of my life. It was great. I loved the people. I had a great team. It was all amazing. And then Tom Peters, the management guru, wrote this amazing manifesto, which was in uh, Fast Company magazine in 1997. And one day, I picked up the magazine, I read it, and I put it down and said, "I am going to start the first ever personal brand." Someone, someone had no plans of being an entrepreneur, no desire to, to go out on my own. It was just one of those like magic moments. I just don't even know how to describe.
1: It. Wow. And that, that must've been a hell of an article. I think you're going to have to share a link with me. <laughs>
0: but, you know why I, I think for me, and maybe it was I mean, it was a big article, but, but maybe for me, it was more important because it was the intersection of my career had been in branding and I love branding, especially authentic branding, not branding to try to convince people of something that's not true. I'm really passionate about that and people, my favorite part about my job was developing my 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 staff. And and so literally it was the intersection of people and branding. And I just couldn't get it out of my I thought, this is just this guy's a genius, it's amazing. And so that was it. I was I was bitten by the the personal branding bug.
1: Oh, love it. So if you had to sum up maybe one or two or three pieces of advice that you can share about, well, obviously you know a lot about personal branding, but something that can really help move the needle forward for our listeners when they're thinking about this in this context?
0: You know, I I think that um, first we have to to adopt a new mindset. Uh, We are taught from a very young age that conformity is the key to success. That, you know, if you just fit in here, this is how we do things here and this is how we behave here. And so we get those messages all the time. And I think the most successful people are the people who don't conform they they take the unique gifts that they have and they they just spread them they just own them and live them and 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 make them visible and they're comfortable with standing out rather than sitting in so i think the first thing is if if your your mindset is yeah i, I can't do that here or well, i don't know how that would go over here and you start suppressing some of what makes you amazing you're cheating the world of that ingredient. So there's it a big mindset shift that has to happen to be truly up. I think I'm on a mission to banish conformity and, and embrace and, and even provide a mandate for people to be the individuals that they are. So that would be my first piece of advice. My, my second is uh, to do that, you need to be self-aware. And there's some great research done which determined two interesting things. One is 95% of people think they are self-aware. Uh, which I guess is not surprising. The the surprising thing is only 10 to 15% of people are. So you can't really be yourself if you don't know who you are and what makes you great and what makes you stand out from others. So spending time being introspective instead of just always doing, doing, doing is it's the first step to successful personal branding and I think to living a life where what you do and how you do it is aligned with who you are.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. Absolutely. And I think as a journey as an entrepreneur, you have to put yourself through the steps of learning where your strengths are, the value you're going to share with the world. That's really big. But I think for people who are in organizations, the new leaders, whether that's or even our more, what should we say, salt and pepper leaders, the ones that have been in there for a while who think they have that self awareness, like you've said, what would be your advice in terms of them actually getting that real understanding of themselves and so that they can be the best leader for others?
0: Yeah. You know, a couple of things. One is I, I think, I think, especially at the executive level, working with a coach is a really good idea because coaches can see things that you don't even know yourself, right? You know, you're, you're a coach, right? And they have that third level listening opportunity to really understand what's going on. So, so I think being able to to have a sounding board and, and speak back and forth is, is, is critical in the self-reflection piece. I also think many executives wouldn't do it on their own. They wouldn't just sit down and ask themselves a question and ponder for a while. I, I think that, that that is a good technique is, is any executive coach who knows you want to work on, you know, self awareness and integrating more of who you are into your leadership style, I think would, would be incredibly helpful with that. The second thing is to get feedback from others. Um, we live in this world where we think we know what's going on. We think we know what people think of us right? And it's really not necessarily the case. You could walk around all day saying, I'm the most strategic person on the planet. But if we ask 10 people who know you what words they use to describe you, and they don't use the word strategic, you don't own the brand attribute of strategic. So I think getting feedback from others to validate your self-perceptions and maybe tweak them a little bit and and understand them is, is really key and important and hard work and hard for people to do because People like outputs, right? And this is this is really just yeah. kind of cerebral and looking at your heart and your mind. So, yeah.
1: Gosh, shit, my mind just bounced then as soon as you said back to any feedback that I've received from clients, and I'm sure anyone listening has done the same. Like, oh, what feedback have I had, and and what have they said about me? And. It's funny, I kind of lent into the things that they said about, because good feedback, positive feedback is is rarely had. Usually people give you negative feedback, but when you ask for it, they tend to be kind <laughs> and tell you some things you want to hear. And it's nice that they're telling you the good things and positive attributes of yourself. But I'm actually thinking, yeah, I don't know if I got the feedback of the, say, for example, the three pillars I want to be known for, the things that I want to be showing up in the world for, I think I got feedback and went, oh, that's nice. That's lovely. But didn't really have that mindset of how strategically I might go about becoming the personal brand that I want to become, becoming that beacon of light and and actually creating engagement and excitement. So on a kind of practical level, is there some guidance you would say about how you, well, figuring out how you want to show up in the world and then actually making that happen?
0: Yeah. So the figuring out thing, again, I I think... Everything in life, even for people who are introverts and really self-reflective and whatnot, I I think having someone who can help you move through the process is absolutely essential. So I think really, and whether that's a trusted friend or colleague, or you have an executive coach or you want to have an executive coach, someone who can question you in in a meaningful and in a way that doesn't halt you in your tracks, but rather helps you really go, hmm, let me think about that. And, and is able to help move you forward, I, I think that's absolutely key. Personal branding, even though the word personal implies you do it by yourself, it, it's, it's not true. It, it's really good as a group activity or at least a pairs activity. So the first thing I would say is is know who those people are. We don't, we, we get by in the world by ourselves. We We excel in the world with others. And so being able to, to enlist others and, and, you know, have them help you through the journey is great. They, they, they also, they want you to succeed and achieve your goals and, and whatnot. And I think that's a, it's great to have people in your corner who, who will do that. The second thing is listen. People are often telling you about your brand without you ever paying attention. The words they use to introduce you to someone, right? And, and in fact, when I was introduced to you by on email from a, a mutual friend, Gene Opplinger, the amazing Gene Opplinger, the words that she chose to use to describe you are, first of all, they're really on target. And, and so when and I read your bio and I, I thought, yeah, this woman's the real deal. This is who she is. But it was so clear to her that that's who you were. Those are the words to use. And for you to look at those words and say, hmm, that's how that's how Jean describes me. Are those the words that really helped me move my best friend forward? So paying attention, people are saying it all the time. And then if you look at a lot of data, people who are working inside companies, right? You get the annual review every year. Look over the last five. What are the adjectives that come up over and over? Do you own those adjectives? Are they the ones that you really want to own? Are they the ones you describe to yourself? So paying attention, I think there, there is feedback being provided that we're not even paying attention to.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic because it, oh, it's, it's so true that all the signs are out there and getting that constant feedback if you just know where to look. So thank you so much for sharing that. I think what I'd be interested to hear from you is what you think is a common myth about building a better personal brand and, and something that you want to dispel. Just get that out there in the world that, you know what? That's just not true.
0: Big one is that personal branding is is chest pounding and look at me. Hey, it's all about me. Let me tell you about me. Really, personal branding is about how you deliver value to others. Your brand is held in the hearts and minds of those who know you. The more you deliver value consistently in a, an authentic and differentiated way, the more other people understand what your brand is about. So personal branding, is an, it, it's an act of giving. It's, it's really, it's, it's, you have a gift in the world and you can use it to help other people be successful. And it might be what you do. It might be how you do what you do, but that's the key. And I think I, it, from the very beginning, when I would talk about personal branding, when nobody knew what it was, it sounded like this really egotistical, like these people who build their brands, they must be so full of themselves and just awful. And in fact, the opposite is true. Uh, the strongest friends in the world are the, are the people you, you're like, ah, I just really want to know them. And they, they're just so amazing. And they deliver so much value to others. And that's, I, I think that's the biggest myth, And it, it, it persists to this day.
1: Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. And it's funny, isn't it? Because the negative thoughts, the judgment of ourselves, of others, if you're going to be hell bent on creating a personal brand, it's like, oh, you're one of those people. You love the spotlight. You, it was all about you. And there's some sort of narcissism in there. But it's not true. It's like you say, that people that do it well are the superheroes that we look up to, the the, the elite, the people that have changed the world to made it better. And we think, yeah, I want to follow you. I want to know more about you. I want to be one day someone like you. They're aspirational. So to be able to do that is not an ego thing. There's probably a little bit of ego, if we're honest. But at uh, the same time, they're doing it to, to give. And there's a huge bit of value there.
0: Yeah. And with the authentic desire to give, right? Not not the perception that I'm doing this to give so that I'm feeding my ego. But but really, it, it, and I think that's an important distinction is, is that you really want to make That happen. And and I think most people can see through people who are just all about themselves, even if they pretend they're not, or people who are really genuinely interested in supporting others in, in a way that they can.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I think for someone that's been in personal branding for such a long time, even before personal branding really was a thing, I'm kind of interested after years and years of being in this field and obviously building two brilliant companies, writing three amazing books. Is it three? Is there more? Have I missed one? I know that you are you're a busy guy. You go deep into this topic. And I, I know that with something that you're so passionate about, I wonder what right now is something you're really curious about in the world of personal branding?
0: Well, you know, you know where I'm, I'm focusing a lot of my attention right now is how does your personal brand come through? on a two-dimensional screen that acts as a scrim to dilute the humanity that we deliver when we're in person. And right, so how do we do that in a a compelling way where we get people really excited about who we are, knowing, by the way, that the screen that we're all communicating with people on is attached to a device that has every other thing they could be doing. And 95% of people in the world think that they can multitask and only 2.5% of people have their brains wired. So the thing that I'm, I'm exploring now is is how the do, how does your brand shine online? How do you come through as a true, authentic human person to others, where you can build those deep emotional connections and not become a machine? Especially as as technology enters the workforce at a you know at Mach three speed and you know how do we how do we not only maintain our humanity but almost amp up our humanity so that so that it's visceral and we people can experience? So that's my new um, doing a lot of research and trying stuff out in, in that area of personal branding right now.
1: Wow. And what's inspired you to go down that rabbit hole? Because that sounds like a hell of a rabbit hole to go down.
0: You know what? They, I got to say it was actually, here's what happened. COVID. When okay. COVID hit in March, I, I had my whole year planned of all the trips I was doing. Now, most, most of my work public speaking, right? They were all planned out. And literally, I, I forget the date in March where pretty much, you know, every I every cancellation notice came in for all of them. I ended up with sixteen thousand dollars worth of of credit in my American Airlines bank account and not a lot of work to do. And so I thought, wow, if we're moving online, I better figure this out for personal branding. And I devoted those two years and, and by the way, and I chipped I at it this much of, of really figuring it out, you know, talking to neuroscientists and talking to Netflix producers and Broadway producers and marketers and a psychologist like how do we how do we captivate online? How do we make sure our authentic selves can can actually permeate these the, these artificial walls that we you know communicate through these things?
1: Wow! Can you tell us what you found so far, or even some
0: highlights? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? So I, I kind of almost have a book now, but I don't. I don't even know if I want to publish it because publishing a book is like. It, it's not the writing of the book. It's the everything that comes after it. That's the work, right? And I think that could things. be a whole
1: nother podcast. I'm going to have to pick your brain
0: on that. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a lot of stuff. The, when you, when you want to captivate online, first of all, because we go from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting every day, right? That's all we do. We hit end meeting and then we hit join meeting. It, it, what we do is we, we have this really monotonous life. And if every meeting seems the same, then your meeting is, no one's going to engage. No one's going to really interact with you. So the kickoff of how you start any meeting, like any first impression is absolutely critical. And you need to do something that's on brand for you and completely different from anything anyone has experienced before. So I I often start with a video. I was doing a a client pitch on belonging. Belonging is another new passion of mine right now. What does it mean to belong and how do we um, as individuals belong to something? And I, I was doing a pitch and I started the pitch off with this really fun 30 second ad from Sheraton using Pat Benatar's song called We Belong. And it's all these people, you know, it, it's a really great I'll, I'll send you the ad. It's great. And, and and the thing is, they weren't expecting that. And and I and I think it, it just it magnetizes people. And so step one is magnetize. Step two is mesmerize. So now that you got my attention, you got to keep it. Cause I, cause I, again, I'm working on that device with all the emails I want to send. And I think that I can multitask, right? So you got to keep people's attention. And, and the way to do that is to change it up every, every, literally every once, two minutes, if you're doing video, then you need to have images, then you can have a slide Then you can give a statistic, a quote, but what you need to do is, is constantly change it up so that we don't turn into or, or move into this mode called autopilot where our brain just shuts off because things yeah. are the same. And, and then at the end, you, you know, you need to, the, the key, I think, to all of this is telling stories. Uh, it, it's no longer about answering questions. It's about, you know, taking people to a time because uh, as you know, with neuroscience, right, the way our brain stores things, if we tell stories, we're engaging both halves of our brain, which makes it memorable. And you want, when, you, when someone does hit end meeting, that they remember that they were meeting with you, right? They remember what you talked about. So, so stories, I think, is a, is a really nice thread throw any kind of interaction online.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Wow, this is sending to a masterclass, guys. <laughs> this is fantastic. I suppose with these things, then I'd, I'd love to hear a story from you about just some of the big things, big lessons or, that you've learned in your career.
0: Yeah. So, well, here's one thing I learned that I think is really important and it has to do with, so I, I was working for Branding for IBM and branding, I got an amazing opportunity to move to London and then to Paris. And, but, and this was after I read the article and the brand called You. And I, I was like, you know, start a company, move to Europe. So I moved to Europe. And, and I'll, I'll never forget once I was, I had some friends from the US who were visiting. I was living in, in not, not apart from the Champs Elysees in, in Paris. And I was walking with my friend Susan Gladwin. She's one of my best friends in the world. And, and we were walking down, uh, the street right by the, the, the Palais Elysee, where the, where the prime minister lives and, and we're, we're, we're walking together and, you know, we started talking about politics and whatever. And, and she's like, well, wh- what, what you think his brand is? And I was like, why did you ask me that? And she said to me, because you're going to be the person who makes this thing, personal branding, be popular and be big. And, and I realized that she had more confidence in my ability to do that than I did at the time. I was passionate and excited about the topic. But the idea of going off on my own, doing my own thing, was it was just out of the question. I I, and and I wouldn't say out of the question. It was just I was hesitating, and and I thought, wow, she already like like she's already five months ahead of where I am right now in my process, my my thinking process, and it almost was a mandate to do that. And I and still remember, and and this is the visual setting is so great because you're, you're walking down the street. I know exactly where where we were when she said it. I I remember kind of my how it felt to to hear her say that, and it was one of those milestones that made me jump ship from a really good you know expat corporate gig in Paris to start my own business in a field that nobody knew anything about, where I literally didn't have revenue for a couple of years, right? And 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 so again, it goes back to this lesson of always learning that it's your relationships with others that provide the the most rich milestones in lights, I think. And, and, and sometimes a little, I could have let that little statement go and said, Oh, that's funny. And, you know, where are we going for dinner? But somehow, you know, if you, if you take the time to absorb them, they manifest and they become something. And, you know, now that 22 years later, I'm, you know, I'm doing personal branding, you know, longer than anyone on earth.
1: That's amazing. Wow. What a story. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think, We touched a little bit on uh, technology and we, you know, I love this kind of feedback and and, and listening, really active listening is coming through really clearly in this show and actually like picking up on what to choose and what you don't. And there's a lot of innovation happening in technology at the moment. And I just wondered for you, what's the must have on a scale of one to 10? What tech do you rank as 10 and can't work without?
0: Uh, I love that question. So, I, because you know what, for me, it's really hard. Because I, I actually, there are people who, who especially, you know, you think personal branding, it, it's human, it's not tech. But tech is an amazing enabler. I am a big fan of ChatGPT right now. Not to write, so I write five articles a month for Forbes, and 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 we're we're like we had to sign a thing that says we're not using ChatGPT to write the article, and I would never mm-hmm. do that anyway. But here's where, how I use ChatGPT: give me an outline for an article. About the importance of self awareness for leaders, and I look at what it comes up with, and I compare it to my outline. I say these are the topics I was going to discuss, and you're like, "Oh my god, I didn't think of that!" Or that's an interesting angle on this thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna spin it a little differently. So I, I think that tools like that can be really helpful if you just use them as an assistant, right? As an editor. So that so ChatGPT, I would say, is one. Another really big one, and, and this is, I'm sure you've never heard of it. Nobody has. It's called, it's spelled M-M-H-M-M dot app. And it is the technology that helps enable people to deliver online presentations that are mesmerizing. Because you embed yourself into your slides. There's all kinds of activity and energy you can pop into different parts of your slides. It keeps people really engaged, and since half of my keynotes now are online, I need to make sure that they're really like you know gonna gonna grab people's attention so it is a tool that i i was I was involved in the beta from the very beginning, and I am their biggest salesperson and fan. They have produced something that really does help us be as human as we can in this new you know virtual flash hybrid world
1: ah. Oh. Amazing, two items of gold there. Thank you so much for sharing. And I suppose this is going to have to cast your mind back quite a long way. I'm sorry, William, but you know you didn't go and start this twenty odd years ago. but what do you what do you wish you'd known when you'd started out?
0: Oh, boy, that list is even longer. yeah you, you know I, I will say one of the things that that is is an incredible asset I have and it also gets me into trouble is my optimism. And I, I literally, I'm so like, once I made the decision and I, I started my, my, you know, I said, I'm going to have a company and it's like, I named it and that's it. I just go down the path. My optimism was that literally like a couple of months into it, this was just going to be an explosion and the whole world was going to be interested in personal branding and it was going to, and, and it didn't happen that way. So I kind of wish that I, and again, this goes back to having a coach. I think everyone in, in, in life needs a coach these days. If I had a business coach that could have said, okay, you know, I've I've done this with 72 different people and, you know, here's some, you know, ask me the right questions to help me kind of figure out that path. I think I would have had a a lot less angst at the beginning. So I wish I, I wish I had known to engage a coach earlier, I think is, is one thing I would say that. The second thing, I, I, you know, is is to not doubt yourself. You know, people, I get a lot of messages, personal branding, no one's going to buy that. I'd go to companies and say, I want to come in and brand your people. And they'd be like, we don't want you to brand our people. We don't want <laughs> 350,000 brands. And literally, I got nothing but negative kind of responses. And. And I, I think I, I let a little bit of doubt creep in every once in a while, and yet I, I mean, I kept going. So I know that I was committed to to my topic. And I think sometimes I, I've learned since then to look at those as as you know what, here's an opportunity. Someone doesn't get it yet, and I have I have the opportunity to help them. They're just not looking at it the same way. We're we're looking at it like this, and. I think that it, it was a really good learning experience. And so now I go in and, and I listen to a no and I, an opportunity for me. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's, play, let, let's chat about this. Why do you think that? And and then we can we can go down a path. So if I knew that at the beginning, I probably would have had, a, you know, less angst. But angst can be helpful, too, I guess.
1: Yeah, but brilliant advice for anyone listening about just how to receive those no's. That is a brilliant opportunity to get curious and find out how you can bring them on the journey with you because you're there. You get it. They just need to get up to speed. So that's a brilliant one. So I imagine you're pretty well read as well as having to write your own books. You've obviously done a lot of research and, and sort of looked into various different gurus and helpers to get you where you are now. So what are a few books that you've read that you Maybe recommend to others wanting to build better, actually set themselves up for success, and just a key takeaway as well would be great.
0: So I will say one I really love is the Long Game by Dory Clark. Dory's a friend and a, like a brilliant, amazing, super, you know, wildly successful person, and I feel like she's she's captured something. You know, everyone tells you, oh, be strategic and look to the future, but she really lays it out in her book that makes you realize. That if something's important to you, you need to be willing to 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 be part of the long game, and to 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 move through the different steps and milestones in the process. It's it's really well written because it's got, she she walks her talk, and and she is doing it step by step, and she's bringing in all these stories from people. It's a it's a it's a it, it's a great book, and it reminds us because we're so you know focused on our do list every day. It, it it's really important every single day to kind of raise yourself out. And 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 connect to that 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 key huge milestone. I think one book I absolutely love. It, it's an oldie but a goodie, Is now discover your strengths. It's by by. It was originally by Marcus Buckingham. I don't know if new versions from Clifton have. Okay, so now now, now you come you come with my crops. I'm <laughs> I'm very impressed.
1: It's a great. I'm holding out the book because it's such a great book. It's there on my shelf. Absolutely love it. And, and
0: you know what? It's, it what? I think it's a little bit permission to integrate more of who you are into what you do and to realize that you have, you, you know what? There's something amazing about you. And, and now it's up to you to, to use that to be successful. And I just, it's, it's simple. It's really an approachable book. And you get your top five strengths. And if you answered the, the survey the right way, like, like really honestly, the, you look at them and you're like, oh my God, they wrote them about me. And, and I think that that's a really empowering thing to see because everyone has superpowers, right? They're the things that you do better than anyone else. And, and often your little twist on how you do it. I, I think again, you know, back to what we talking about, about conforming, being something that we're taught all the time, it's the same thing with fixing weaknesses, but we we're, we're taught from a very young age where, well, you know, you're not, you're not so great at math, but you're a genius in, in, in writing you three years. People don't say, oh, just focus on writing. They're like, Let, let's get good at math. And 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 again, we get fed this message that, gosh, if I could just fix everything that's wrong with me, I'll be the most successful person on the planet. And I think what that book tells you is if you want to be wildly successful, unless your weakness is going to get in the way of your success, unless it's going to prevent you, ignore your weaknesses and focus on the things that you do better than anyone else. You're going to contribute at a higher level than others and when everyone in an organization is using their strengths the entire organization get, gets to operate at a much higher level so so that's an that's an oldie but goodie but I love that book
1: yeah likewise I mean it's so handy on my shelf because I always refer back to it there's that nice reminder you know absolutely you can work on things that you need to if you need to but just know when to let it go sometimes it's the hardest thing just to know that's just not for me and I don't need to do it And sometimes saying no is harder than saying yes. So it's a really good one. And I suppose I could talk to you all day. I really could. There's so many things I want to ask you. But if I had to turn the table, what should I ask you that I didn't get to ask so far?
0: So here's what people are afraid of, right? I have to build my brand and I hate social media and social media is going to take over my life. And I think most, a lot of people say, yeah, the personal branding thing sounds great, but I, I can't, I can't do that. I can't you know, publish content and, and whatnot. So how do we get past that to increase our visibility, right? To make sure the right people get to know us and, and connect with our messages. It, it's, it's one of the biggest challenges people have. And, and my advice is, is, number one, to choose a medium that sits at the intersection of what you lo- the way you love to communicate and where your people live, right? So video might be your tool and you do it on TikTok or on YouTube. Or writing, and you could have a LinkedIn newsletter or, you know, publish for a major publication, right? But, but so do the thing that that you're not going to be like, oh, I have to do that again. Um, That you're actually going to be like really excited to do it. And the people you're looking to influence will see it. Um, And I think that takes some of the dread out. And then the second thing is, is just do everything as a series as opposed to a one-off. A one-off is a lot of work. But come up with the, you know, the nine leadership skills you need to use in the new hybrid world of work and then have nine articles about it. Right. So that so that you really kind of, first of all, you attract people with a theme and they're going to go back and forth and read everything in the theme, which is great. And second, it, it just makes it much easier to create. Creating stuff individually is really time consuming.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. I hear that. Another reason has a wonderful series for this podcast. I'd like to ask you, well, if you had to say what building better means to you, what would you say building better means?
0: I think building better means building more aligned with who you are and how you want to be in the world. It's I, I think we take a lot of models from other people. When we're building in the beginning, right? Where we we don't have anything, you know, any tools to create. We we kind of start to to just pull together models that maybe other people have used and frameworks and systems and processes and structure, right? And I think that as as we progress, maybe we want to take a look back and say, you know, is that the right system or model or approach for me? And how can I build in a way where where it just feels right, right? Everything feels right, you know. That's the that's an amazing feeling. I think where to you know, yeah, it's right.
1: Ah, oh, I've got all the feels for that. That's amazing. Okay, I'm going to jump into some quick fire round questions for you now. Tell us something people often get wrong about you.
0: I think, people think I am this, oh God, this is going to connect with you. I read your bio and this really resonated with me. People think, some people think I'm salesy because I, I can walk into a room and talk to anybody and 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 I think they think I'm trying to sell them something and I'm not. And I'm not salesy. In fact, I've never won a job in sales. I don't like the idea. In fact, branding is the opposite of selling. You put stuff out there, and if people like it, they're going to find you and come to you and buy some stuff. I never want to sell. So, and I saw that in your um, in your beautifully written bio, which is so consistent with who I've I've come to know and in, in knowing you, so beautifully written. And and you wrote that about you, and I really I just like it, it. Just hit me. I was like, yeah, I'm not a salesperson. I'm a. In fact, I am the person I am interested in everyone. I, I want if I I'm the person that you hate when you want to have alone time on the plane and I'm your seatmate I, I'm like so tell me about you what are you, where are you going what you know why are you on yeah. this plane really do you like that job where do you from where do you live so yeah I, I'm that person
1: oh gosh put us two on a plane and we'll be talking all <laughs> the way <laughs> I absolutely love it and what's one thing you wish you'd done sooner
0: You know, I don't know if you know this about me. I, I I live in New York part-time and in Miami, you can guess which other part of the time I'm here. And I, I think I thought you couldn't do that, right? That you'd like, well, I can't, I can't live in two places and how's that going to work? And it was kind of an old mindset, right? Where you had to work where your job was. Well, my job is where this computer is or where my clients are in some room. So I could live live and work anywhere. It has been the best thing ever. I don't like winter and I love, you know, different environments and being inspired by different things. So I wish I had, I had, you know, way earlier in my career said I'm going to live, you know, part time in Miami and part time in New York.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm so with you on that. Part time living is so much goodness in there. What's the best part about your work?
0: Oh, without question, like I make it all up. I, it it's no one, you know, when, when you, you worked, by the way, it was nice having a boss. Cause you kind of like, they're like, okay, here, do this. And you, you have some parameters and, and you have no parameters when it's here, you know, when we're doing what we're doing. So, but every single thing I get to create, like, like literally I decided in the pandemic, I'm going to leave this stuff here and I'm going to work on this new thing about shining online. And that's what I did. And I, I think that, it, you know, freedom is one of my, I didn't know this about me, but in, in being an entrepreneur, I have learned that freedom is one of my top values, the freedom to do what I want to do, the freedom to live part-time here, part-time there. Wealth, I, I think of money as freedom. Money allows you to do, it's not its not things, I don't care about things, but, but money allows you choices and choices are freedom. So, yeah. Oh
1: God, we're like soulmates on all of this. I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> 100%, totally up there brilliant okay this is a goodie what's one piece of leadership advice that you wish you'd known earlier or so awful that you need to warn us
0: Well, it's so oh that's an interesting Yeah. yeah i i think the the leadership advice i wish i knew was that leaders often repel as many people as they attract I think success, I think successful leaders, it's not about pleasing everyone and it's not about everyone doesn't have to be your follower or they can be your followers and also, you know, not, you know, have some major issue with you. And I I think, I think I thought a leader is like everyone, you know, they're sycophants, they're you know, and, and I think that really you can be a little bit more controversial and a little bit, I don't know, pleasing I think I, I interpreted it. Maybe I interpreted that advice the wrong way. Is that it's about keeping everyone happy and and whatnot? It, it's not. It, it, it's really it's okay to to piss some people off if you're moving toward your vision. And I'm, I'm still I'm you know what I'm still working on that one.
1: Oh, no, I love it. I I don't know if you know the brand, but it's it's called Marmite, and it's a it's a spread that we have in the UK, and the marketing yeah. is pretty epic. You're either a lover or a hater. I'm a lover. I, I have all all of the, all the stuff that you could ever have. Oh. And I even had a client the other day, and she got some really, really strong feedback from someone in, a, in a quite a negative way. And I said, it's okay. You're Marmite. And that is the best marketing anyone could ever ask for because you want to be loved or you want to be hated. You don't want to be in the middle. Who wants to be in the middle when nobody cares? I don't care. Oh, yeah, it's just another brand, you know?
0: You are absolutely right. And I think that that's the, I, I do think that strong brands often repel as much as, there are people who love Apple and they're, you know, they, they line up outside the store before the new, and other people are like, oh, I'd never get an iPhone right And I, I, I'm an Apple person. I was like, God, I couldn't live, you know, and, and that's, and that's a good thing. I, and it's a good thing. I just have to own it with myself. A little bit.
1: That's it. Love it. Fantastic. And so tell us, what's one hard lesson you've learned in your business?
0: asking for help. I'm a little bit too independent and I feel like I can solve everything myself. And it has delayed a lot of success and a lot of progress with project and not being comfortable asking for things. I think that's the biggest, yeah, the biggest thing. And, and I I have learned that there are other people who have this problem as well. And so I, 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 and I've become a person who says, at the whenever I meet somebody new, how can I help you? So that they don't have to ask; they can just respond to my question. And so when I meet some, hopefully, I said that when we first met. You did. You did. Because I think once you give someone permission to do it, it just takes the whole oh, "I'm asking someone for something" away. So, and I'm just work in progress here. I'm still working on that one.
1: Okay. So, tell me one thing you're really excited about right now.
0: So the first thing I'm excited about is back being back on the road and traveling and seeing real human beings in person. When when I tell a joke, like, you know, I'll be doing a keynote online. I tell a joke. I have no idea if anyone even laughed. Everyone's on mute. I don't know if it's going over or if it's not. This this this, this something amazing. And and this is the best thing about being a public speaker. And I'm sure you as a coach as well, because you're getting feedback from your clients nonstop while you're there physically with them. But I don't know that a lot of careers have this where. You are getting in the moment feedback to every single thing you do, and so I am super excited. I'm, I'm I'm about to go on a trip. Go to Vancouver for gig, from Vancouver to San Diego, from San Diego to, to Germany, and then and then back. And so it's three live, actually four live gigs in that. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm counting the days. I'm looking at the clock. I'm, I'm you know ready to check in for my flight, even though it's it's a few weeks away.
1: If you're having a day where you're not as excitable as you are right now about going on all these travel
0: trips,
1: (laughs) is there one music track that lights you up and makes you feel you can take on the day?
0: Yeah. Lovely Day by Bill Withers. Do you you know it? I know it. Uh, It's a classic. Yeah. It's a classic. And you know what? I didn't really pay any attention to it in the past. And I was in London at this place called the Downbeat. And there was this guy playing piano who sounded like Bill Withers. And he was playing it. And it actually the song, like I, I felt it in a way that you don't really hear songs. And now whenever I play it, I can I can be in a, you know, like, you know, five bad things happened or whatever. And I could be a little a little, you know, woe is me. And I put it on and it's, it's like vitamin.
1: Oh, love it. Oh, that's a brilliant one to close the show. It's been an absolute delight the the lessons, the tips, the insights have been magical. I can't wait to even type them up in the show notes. Thank you so much. Just before I go, where can people find you? How can they connect with you?
0: So the best way to connect with me is either just Williamaruda.com or you can go to my LinkedIn profile and just connect with me there. I, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn.
1: Fabulous. I'm sure you'll have lots of connections coming through. Thanks so much again for coming on the show. Please pass this episode on to just one person. Spread it among your group. stick it in your WhatsApp, ask your colleagues to listen to it and let's spread the learnings and the lessons. Remember, there is no secret. You can go out there, you can chase your dreams with the knowledge you can do anything you set your mind to, because anything is possible. Stay curious and enjoy every minute of the journey, and I'll see you very soon.